Hello and welcome to the All Terrain Podcast, brought to you by the Youth and Children's Ministry Unit of the Salvation Army in the UK and Republic of Ireland. My name is Matt White and in each episode I'll be inviting a guest to take a hypothetical hike with me as we find out about their real life journey to this point. Along the way, they'll make four choices and answer four questions. My guest for this episode is Selena Stone. Selena is a tutor and lecturer in political theology at St. Melitus College. Alongside her work at St. Melitus, Selena is currently studying for a PhD part-time at the University of Birmingham, exploring Pentecostalism and social and political engagement. So it was a huge pleasure to be able to spend some time with Selena earlier this month for this episode. Let's get straight into it. Hello, Selena. Welcome to the Alterian Podcast. Hello, Matt. Thanks for having me. No, it's, it's absolutely lovely. It's a real privilege. You are from Birmingham. You're in Birmingham right now. You were, you were telling me just before yes, we started recording. Yes, I am. And you're studying up there. You're, you're working for a PhD. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, I just handed it in in the middle of March. Thank oh, God. Wow. In a pandemic year. So it's been quite a task, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm based at the University of Birmingham. And the research has been looking at Pentecostalism in particular. Wow and beliefs about the Holy Spirit in Pentecostalism and how they do or don't engage with the kind of fullness of human experience. Um, So particularly, you know, what do we believe it means to encounter the Holy Spirit as people who are experiencing a world marked by racism, sexism, poverty and class inequality? Um, So that's been what I've been writing about and thinking about for five years. (laughs) And have you signed the book deal yet or does that come after it gets signed off? What happens? (laughs) What's what's the order? Because I mean, people can't see it because it's a podcast, but my eyes are going very wide at that book because that's right up my street. That is all about what I'm about. I love the sound of that. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet it has. That's fascinating. And also, Mm -hmm. I guess... I guess it's the potential to ask some difficult questions of a tradition, right? And and that and you know, when we, yes, you know Pentecostalism yes. is a broad tradition that takes in a lot of things, right? So that's that's going to ask some big questions. It really does. And I and I, as I was writing it, I was thinking this is important mm. for charismatics and in of any tradition, and in fact for the whole church, because I think having a very narrow and quite dualistic pneumatology beliefs about the holy spirit is common across the church it's not just a pentecostal problem Mm -hmm. but because pentecostals think about the holy spirit so much that was why i thought it's an interesting space to interrogate some of these questions so um yeah it's been great i think that sounds absolutely fascinating now you you work at st melitis college now some people may not know what that is Uh, tell us a little bit about st melitis and what you do there Yes, the St. Melitus is an Anglican theological college. So we're quite young. We're only like 10 Mm. or 11 years old. And we train lots of people from around the country who are going to be priests in the Church of England. And also lots of people who are just interested in theology and want to do a degree. So either a BA or a master's degree. And we're starting a PhD soon. So um, lots of people thinking lots of big thoughts in the college. And we have campuses around the country. So Mm. our main one is in London. We have another centre in Nottingham and um, we have one in Liverpool that's soon going to become part of the Liverpool and North and Northern College, one in Chelmsford and one in the South West. So really I am great. I am in Chelmsford. I know there is one right here oh, on my excellent. doorstep. I, I love yes. St. Melitis. I've had the chance to go to the to the college in London and it is just a it's a wonderful place. Like you're so, you walk it through is. the doors and there's just like yeah, it is a beautiful place. And I've, I've had a, a bunch of friends go through something like this and I only hear really great things. So yes, a very exciting place. And people should look into that. We'll um we'll stick a link in the notes. People should have a look. It's a great place to study theology. It's not just if you're thinking about ordination. And also with yeah. the centres all over the UK, there's great opportunities to go and do some theological study in person when we're allowed to but in yes. person and with other people and it is a, a cracking place i am a big big fan of simple i love it a lot oh thank you matt nice selena 
Before we get started on the questions, you've got to make your first two choices. So, first of all, where are we walking on our hypothetical hike? Well, I wasn't sure exactly where we should be going, but I visualised this walk up some hills. I kind of thought we'd start off, like, you know, on a little path with our rucksacks on. And we'd just be moving in an upwards direction with openness about where we end up. So basically what you're saying is we're getting lost. That's what I'm hearing in that we one. Are. <laughs> I love that. I love that sense of almost like, yeah, there's something really lovely about that, isn't it? We don't quite know where we are, but you can see it and you know that yeah. we're heading in a direction. I love that. Exactly. Lovely. We're not sure what we'll find, but we're, we're heading in a direction. Excellent. I love that. Now, who's coming with us? So there's you and I have to come, uh, but who's coming? We okay. need one living, one dead, one fictional. Um, I think Amal Clooney should come with us on this walk. Amal okay. Clooney, who is like human rights barrister, yeah. just changing the world. I think she'd yeah. be fascinating on our walk, to be honest. Yes, would. I'd love to hear about some of her cases and yes. like, you know, what she's up to in the world. Because I think she's fascinating. Um, someone dead, Maya Angelou. I think she'd oh, be yeah. brilliant. Bearing in mind, I'm thinking about the older Maya Angelou, so walking up hills might be a bit problematic for her. I mean, the but younger Matt White's going to be problematic, so don't worry about Maya, she'll still be outpacing <laughs> me. Don't you worry about that. We can so, help her along if she gets a bit tired. Yeah, as long as someone helps me along, you know. I get a bit tired. I, oh, yeah. Can you imagine, though? Can you, I mean, oh, can you imagine just the, the unforced beauty and eloquence that would come as you walked in a beautiful place with, oh exactly oh, that's why she has to come Matt that's why Absolutely. she has to come we do some poetry together oh I just can't even get my head around how beautiful yeah that oh amazing it's okay beautiful. one fictional <laughs> finally now this is a total random one but okay. I think we should bring Black Widow from the Avengers from the Ooh, Marvel series okay played by Scarlett Johansson and the reason yep. why I think she should come is because I really feel for her whenever I see her pop up in one of these films okay. because she's had a really traumatic past She's like a trained assassin. Yeah. And I just think she needs some care. Do you know what I mean? And I think oh, having I like her that. come along with us, yeah. we could just help her to unpack her history, you know, yeah. some deep spiritual insight for Maya Angelou. Yeah. You know, she could have a life change on this walk. I think she'd be great. I love that. My, my son, who's seven <laughs> and just mad into the Avengers, would be so gutted if I actually got to go on a walk with Black Widow. That would be like his absolute <laughs> dream come true. He should come with us, I think. He should come yeah. with us too. He would have a whale of a time. Uh, now, so everyone here on the All Twin Podcast answers the same four questions. So, Selena, here okay. is your first one. How do you face change? I'm not a fan of change. God oh. knows I'm not a fan of change. I really, I really don't like change. It's because I'm quite, like, I like to be quite... Um, I get a little bit anxious when, I'm, when I can't see how things are going to work out sometimes. And I, I get quite like, it takes me a while to adjust. So once I'm comfortable in a particular thing and then we have to change, I'm just not a fan of it. Mm. So, what I, so for me, how we face change or how I've learned how to face change is by training myself to believe that good things can happen when I'm not in control, that I don't have to try to plan everything actually. Some there are good things on the other side of change and things I can't always see before the change has happened. Because what my tendency can be is to imagine that the worst is going to happen when change occurs. Mm. 
is to think about all the, all the things I'm possibly going to lose yeah. when changes happen. Yeah. But it's really like, it's, it's reminding yourself that some really great things can be on the other side of change. Even the things I haven't yet imagined. I, I love that. I love how, because even though what you're talking about is essentially a, a kind of a shift in mindset, it's also incredibly tangible, I think, because that's a very tangible mm. choice people can make. But I guess two things that struck me in your answer. One is, when I asked you where we were walking, your imagination didn't have a destination in it. You actually <laughs> sent us somewhere we didn't know, which is the opposite yes. of, of, I guess, your starting point. So I'm fascinated by that. But I guess the bigger thing for me is your PhD, whatever that becomes, the way you speak, the way you are training and lecturing and teaching people, your voice is calling the church to great change. And so I guess the instinct for people could be to believe that you're one of these people that loves change and loves flinging everything around. How do you balance those two things? Does it, does it mm. give you more empathy with the people you're speaking to or the people you're calling on or, or is it attention? How does that sit for you? It's a really good question. And I think it's probably that I've learned that um, although my personal preference is to, is to keep my own personal environment as kind of safe as possible, mm. that actually when I look into the rest of the world, I see the need for change on, in so many different places. And I think, I think that I, think I, I wrestle with that tension all the time of like mm. the changes that I'm talking about and advocating for are also going to impact upon me in mm. some ways. Mm. Um, and I have to be willing to face that, even as somebody who d isn't always a fan of changing changes happening. Mm. Um, but it feels like I'm driven more by the urgency of the things that the fact that things can't stay how they are for the sake of the people who are most affected and most impacted by the world than I am by my desire for comfort. And that's what I think propels me to speak so much mm. about the changes in the world, despite what it's going to cost me, because I just think we can't carry on like this. Mm. So it's uncomfortable, but it, it has to happen, which is what makes me empathise with people. Like yes. when I meet people who resist yes. change, I think I completely get why. Mm. And I, can, I understand their thinking because I have mm. some of that thinking. I understand mm. that a lot of people are more committed to their own comfort than they are to justice. And they're just not willing to admit that. Mm. So sometimes we have conversations on repeat because people are just not willing to admit they're more just they desire to be comfortable more than they desire to see the world change, more than they desire justice. Mm. But I can see that I can discern that in people sometimes, even though they would never say that. Yeah. So I'm just I don't I'm not angry with you. I just I see that in you and I understand it. Yeah. So then so let's go and work with someone who does actually recognise that change is more important than comfort. And and then what you said right at the start about that practice, and it is a practice of going, it's telling myself that what lies over there is better than what is here, despite yes. what the middle bit might cost us. Because, yes. you know, let's that, that's, that's talk about some of the things you're, you're passionate about. You've mentioned already racism and sexism. Uh, how does that then, how do you help people begin to face some of the changes needed to start to put some of those things right or at least as a starting point in the right direction i mean i think i don't know whether i'm getting cynical or whether i'm just becoming more wise about the way that these things go but i think what i'm more realizing more and more is that for any person to take responsibility for creating a better world there needs to be a determination in the heart and in the mind to do what is necessary to make that happen 
And you can't teach somebody to have that way of being. You can't teach somebody into that determination. It's either there or it's not. As a Christian, I really believe that something of God's work in us is to actually cultivate that appetite for change. But I realise I can't teach my students into caring about these matters. They can they can hear me and they can write essays about it, but unless their hearts have been so stirred up and they've determined that they're going to do what's necessary, no, things are not going to be different. So, so I think that gives me a kind of humility because I realise that if God doesn't begin to change people's hearts... Um, if things are not going to change and I used to hear people say things like this and think no if you just have a really great campaign if you just get, get really the great right. stories Choose the right get the right font yeah get the right pictures <laughs> get the right music on the video about the justice issue and people yeah. will begin to like yeah. get it but it's yeah. not the case no we are like and this is I think part of our sinfulness is that we are like yeah. conditioned to desire our own comfort above everything else we are conditioned to follow after our own desires above everything else and unless we are really changed, and of course there are people who are not Christian who also ha- have that, 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 what I think is a real divine spark, where people who are not Christians, yeah. who would not even a- a- agree with any notion we have yeah. about the Holy Spirit working yeah. in the world, are like pointing us towards something that is greater than what we are. And, and I'm like, I see you and I'm, I'm for you and I'm for what you're doing in the mm-hmm. world. And I just think... These people can challenge us as Christians to just be like, we, we really have missed something. For all of our doctrine and all of our theology, we've really missed the trick. Yes. Well, well also, the people who, who don't necessarily align or identify with our faith, they lead us. They end up leading yes. us towards the kingdom because that fight for justice, race and sex and all those other things, that, that fight for justice is the lord's work <laughs> like that's the that's the point right so yeah that's that's oh my goodness you've said so much uh and again i love it that this is an audio medium because people can't see me waving my arms around or smiling <laughs> so broadly but uh you know what's happening uh, i i love that i i guess then my my question then is for someone then who sits and goes what on earth are you talking about I, I, of, co- of, of course i of course i have that of course god's done that work of course, but but still chooses that comfort how do we begin to help people open their hearts for god to do that work because i guess that has mm. to be a starting point right I, I i like you know many people who go well i i really would like to see that but you know well but didn't we do three zooms isn't that enough haven't we haven't we written a new statement on the wall isn't that enough you know i i see that how do we help people take that first step towards opening up to the deep work? Mm. I mean, I think we have to set these questions about justice and change within our understanding of discipleship so, and what it is to walk with Jesus. So I think there's a problem if we kind of think walking with Jesus means walking to church buildings, having Bible studies and saying our prayers and then that's really the core business of what it is to be a disciple of Jesus. And then this other stuff is like, you know, politics, you know, liberal lefty nonsense, mm-hmm. mission that can be kind of, you know, some people are called to it, other people are not. And we kind of have this kind of core business and then this kind of secondary optional activities that people do as Christians, which is not at all what we see represented in the scriptures as mm-hmm. what 
Jesus' life was like or the life of the disciples, you know, everything is 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 being transformed by the gospel. Yeah. The whole of our lives is being called to walk with Jesus. Um so I think if we stop talking as if there's this thing that we do that's spiritual and this other stuff that's not, we help people to understand that you're only talking about being a disciple if you're in Bible study. You're not actually doing it unless you're doing it. So we, we, we talk about being disciples all the time. We sing about it. We, we hear about it. But where are we being disciples of Jesus? Like, where are we actually having our whole lives transformed by this message of the gospel? Where are we willing to actually take up our cross daily and, and walk out what it means for us to no longer be living according to the patterns of this world, but being renewed? And and, and so so I think if we, if we can't really see how in our actual day-to-day lives, in, in what we speak about, in what we, the choices that we make about what we buy, what we watch, what we do with our money, how we treat our neighbours and our enemies, if none of that is looking any different to people who don't, haven't even heard of Jesus, I think we've really misunderstood what discipleship is about. So for me, these questions about challenging racism, challenging sexism, challenging the exclusion of people who are LGBTQ+, this stuff is like, you know, environmental concerns. This is just like, this is not a thing I've chosen to do as an add-on. This is like Jesus to transform my life. It's like beyond what I can even say. And so now the things that bothered me before or concern me are not important. And these things are core. Uh, can I say yes times a million? I mean, just yes, 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 yes to all of it. I mean, can I, yeah. How do we face change? We follow Jesus right that's what discipleship is because jesus is always walking towards change always yes he's not he's not holding up the status quo i don't know how we got here to think that jesus is here holding up the status quo and somehow everyone who tries to do something else is disturbing jesus somehow yeah 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 yeah. right like somehow like don't you understand jesus is over here blessing our building projects and blessing our songs and blessing our activity and and that's not to say those things are not part of our discipleship, part of making the world better, what we do with those things, how we engage in those things, all part of that. But the idea that somehow Jesus is over here wanting to not be disturbed by our calls for equality or change or shift or justice, it has, has crept in in such a, a powerful way into the church that, uh, yeah, I, I, it's funny, isn't it? Because in many ways, if if what you are saying is true, okay, and and I think I've made it quite clear where I stand on my belief on what, what you're saying is true. I'm not exactly the most... I wouldn't work on the BBC, would I? I'm not that impartial. Um, if what you are saying is true, then actually it's the only way. Because the only way to follow Jesus is surely the Jesus way. Yeah. We have to move on to the so other I, questions. So I get I, really... I, I, okay, yeah, go on. No, 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 go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Keep going. I was going to say a few of the other questions. I was just going to say, on, go I, was just, I was just going to add this one little rant here. Mm. And this is about the kind of this both sides... Mm. argument about mm. discipleship right so we kind of have this idea that you know to be a christian is you just sit on the fence that's the polite thing to do you know we jesus is just wanting to keep everything as calm as possible and just kind of like not disturb things too mm. much just make sure everybody feels as safe as possible so that we just keep on carrying on and and i'm just like which jesus are you talking about because i just don't i just don't see this Jesus is constantly disturbing the common order, constantly. Yes. So much so that they kill him for it. Yes. But somehow we think, oh, we can just kind of like 
we need to retain maintain the status quo because that's what jesus wants well it's a, it's a misunderstanding of what jesus did and it's also a misunderstanding of the word peace because yes. the, the difference between peace and tranquility i read a, a wonderful article last year that just eviscerated tranquility as as what people understood it this idea that peace is what we want peace is what we want and then what you realize is what people want is is comfort yes oh yeah wow we got to do three more questions apparently but i mean I'm, okay I'm, I'm, I'm sort of i might need a rest first i need to go have a lie down <laughs> uh so question two how do we move through suffering what a question just take it a day at a time Mm. take it a day at a time and be kind to yourself yeah i learned this so when i was i lost my mom a few years ago now 2017 in november the third she had cancer for five years on and off and i'm and as i'm talking about this i'm thinking about this this question in the light of what she showed me about how you move through suffering Mm. my mom's nature was very optimistic she's not i'm a little bit of a pessimist on the scale of personality she was like an eternal optimist yeah and she was a person who very naturally like chose to see the positive and and always naturally just leaned towards assuming good outcomes do you know what i mean whereas for me i was like the opposite i would assume the worst would happen to prepare me for it just in case yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then lose the joy of the moment because i'm kind of preempting the negative thing that might happen but what she taught me about enduring suffering was was partly about taking joy in the the little things Mm. so um while you're in the midst of difficulty so not allowing this, this, the suffering that you're going through to kind of overwhelm everything about your life. So sometimes we talk about life as if, you know, life's great or life's terrible and there's nothing in between. Mm-hmm. Life very often is a combination of things. It's very often tragic and beautiful. It's often intensely difficult and also full of joy. It's, mm-hmm. it's, often, not, it's often both. It's never just mm-hmm. usually one thing. Mm-hmm. And so she was determined to see like where was the good in the midst of the suffering she was enduring. Mm. And I think that is what helped her to continue to go through with 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 joy and with some hope and with peace. Um she was very she was grateful for the little things. And I, I've learned these things from her. Mm. Be grateful for even the smallest thing. Yeah. Being able to get out of bed in the morning is a real blessing. Yeah. Being able to get up and smell and taste and enjoy your breakfast being able to have breakfast is a blessing being able to go outside and see nature to see people all of these things are blessings that don't last always because eventually we die you know (laughs) sorry to be pessimistic about it but it just is right so that's what i think she taught me about suffering was like don't let it overwhelm you yeah there is always something good to be seen in the midst of it and if you can keep your eyes on those small things then you'll be okay. Yeah. The tension between the, the joy and sorrow, I think is fascinating because I think perhaps, I do think that's in us as humans to be able, the ability to be able to do it because of the way I see children do it. So I mm. remember my son, I remember leaving my, uh, I think it was my in-laws this is years ago when they lived quite far away and he would have been three or four maybe even at the time. And as we're driving away, he's in his car seat and we said, hey, are you, hey how are you feeling? And he said, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And he was getting more and more sort of like tense about And we said, what's wrong, what's wrong? And he said, I don't know because I can't wait to go home, but I'm really sad to leave. Mm. And, and it was like, 
it was like he knew exactly wow. what was going on inside him and yes. it's like and i just see that in kids so often that they don't worry about feeling two opposite things where i think sometimes as adults yes. we've sort of like we've boxed this stuff and we've we haven't so then then we get to suffering and it's like well i'm meant to be suffering now or i am suffering now and like you say then that can often yes. mean we we don't necessarily make space to experience those other yes. things that want to come in for sure like i remember a few days after my mom it must have been the week after my mom died me and my sister had theatre tickets to see Dreamgirls in London. And we'd had a week, and in our culture, in Jamaican culture, people come to your house every day, all day, when a person dies. It's the Irish culture as which well. Is, which is going to yeah. stop with my, which is going to stop with my generation, yeah. because I was like, yeah, me too. I am not doing this again. We call it the cake shop. <laughs> my nan said to me that Jamaicans and Irish are basically the same, and I do agree. Yeah, I mean, and certain things, I'm like, you yeah. know what, we've had the same, these same things. <laughs> So we had a week of people just traipsing through yeah. our house, yeah. offering people drinks. And then we want to catch up, yeah. you know, how's life? Yeah. Well, let me yeah. think about how life <laughs> oh, is since yeah. my mum died last week. Yeah. But they just haven't seen you for years. Yeah. So it's all of that stuff. Yeah. So after a week of this, we decided we're going back to London because yeah. we were living there at the time. And we went to see Dreamgirls. And it was absolutely incredible. But I felt so much guilt for enjoying this experience yes. in the, a week after. Yeah. And I had to say to myself, Selena... Mum would have said to me, Stina, you better go to that theatre and yeah. you better see that show. Yeah. Don't even think about not watching it. You've yeah. bought your tickets. Yeah. You've been looking forward to this thing. Don't you dare miss it mm. because of me. And we enjoyed ourselves. But I had to get my, tell myself it was okay to enjoy that show because I felt like I didn't have the right to be happy in the midst of being so sad. Yeah. And again, I mean, you know, it, it sort of goes right back to your first answer as well that moment of of consciously speaking to yourself giving yourself permission it's like it's okay yes like, that feels yeah. like that feels like something that is quite common for you in terms of having to almost mm. you know have a word with yourself <laughs> you know kind of really like yeah oh yeah i'm doing it all the time yeah. all the time because i know myself well enough yeah. now i know how i think yeah. i know how i spiral yeah so I have to catch myself and say, Selena, come on now. It's, it's important that you have some joy in this time. Yeah. So enjoy yourself. Yeah. I think how we speak to ourselves is really important, isn't it? And, and often overlooked. And I do think yeah. the way we talk to ourselves is crucial for how we're able to go yes. through change, suffering, joy. So all those things, I think. Yeah. And, and also being able to catch it, catch the way we talk to ourselves. Like, what's the voice like? Whose voice is it? Like, is it yes, our voice or yes, is it a voice yes, from yes, our past yes. or a voice from our... Yeah. Yes. What is that voice that that gets to tell us things like, it's going to be okay on yes. the other side. It's okay to be happy mm. today. I think that's yes. really... Uh, yeah, that's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. So we've just talked about a musical and choice number three on, is about your playlist. So is there some dream girls on the playlist? Ooh. What are we listening to every now and again on the walk? I mean... Oh, so many things. I do like musicals, like Hamilton soundtrack. Oh. I know back to front. Yep, love it. So that would be great. Favorite song on the Hamilton soundtrack? Let's go deep. Let's go deep on Hamilton. That's, That's exactly an impossible. That is an impossible question. The last time I watched Hamilton, yeah. I tried to choose five and I couldn't choose five. Really. See, that's the I problem. couldn't choose my top five yeah. Hamilton songs. The problem for me is I could probably tell you where I'm at, but then I listen to the whole soundtrack again and realize I love all of them. It's like, it's that problem. Yeah, it's, like it's impossible. I think for me, I still think um, Quiet Uptown. That is definitely, that is definitely up there on the, in the top five. It's, it's interesting. I have a question about suffering. You, you, that song just, 
everything about it just for me is just, just this, oh, oh every time i hear it i get shivers oh I because but, i'm not i i'm working through the unimaginable like oh, i know what that feels like right I know what that is unimaginable. Like, I know what that feels like. Right. It's just stunning, the writing of that just song. Just walking to a place, being present but not being present. Just, ah, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and then on the other end of the scale, I think, it, for me, the Skylar Sisters, it's just... Skylar Sisters, obviously, is top five. <laughs> it, like, just the lines, the kind it's of... It's amazing. Oh, everything. And the way it just... Yeah. The thing about, I'm going to um, include women in the sequel, the whole thing about... Yeah, and just, all of this. Oh, every line. It's every just... Line. I love it. So, definitely Hamilton. Yeah. And I think also some R&B. Okay. From the, like, from when I was in secondary school, when the kind of 2000s, okay. Usher's albums... Nice. Justin Timberlake, a bit of Destiny's Ooh, okay. Child. Yeah, yeah. They've got some good, well-paced songs that help you with walking. I think. Yeah, very, yeah, I agree. I think yeah, there was there was sort of a moment, wasn't there? I mean, I remember Justin Timberlake's first album and being a bit like, yes. I wasn't, I wasn't it's into anything. I wasn't into any of that. But the album came out, and then you just go, whoa, that's that's something else. Destiny's Child again. Just people brilliant. think, you know, again, if you some of those tracks that never made it to be released as singles were just, I know, just iconic. Yeah, I think that so some R and B. Some Hamilton, some, yeah, some other musicals on there. I mean, I think, yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we have a musical in this house. It's a, yeah, very, mm. oh, well, I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to join in that soundtrack. Very good. Okay, so question three is this one. How do we receive joy? I think we just take it all in. Oh, yeah. We take it all in, fill up on joy mm. <laughs> at every opportunity, at all times. Like joy in the smallest thing, joy in a really nice pizza, mm. in going for a walk and seeing the changing seasons in the park near where you live, yeah. joy in laughing at something really funny, yeah. like from your belly, yeah. joy in holding your grandparents' hand, yeah. joy in getting lost in a really great story mm. in or in a hilarious stand-up comedy mm. that you go to see mm. like joy in everything because I, my philosophy is that life does not spare you pain it doesn't spare you and when i say life i mean god god doesn't spare you pain mm -hmm. god doesn't step in and say mm -hmm. no not gonna let you have that yeah you know you have to take the rough with the smooth yes so i'm like okay well we'll do a deal then Yes. I'm not going to spare myself joy if nothing's going to spare me pain. I'm not going to only have sorrow and only yeah. have trauma and only have, you know, all that's difficult about life yeah. and not have the good bits. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I would not do that to someone I love. Yes. I wouldn't do yes. that to my neighbor. I wouldn't say yes. to my neighbor, right, well, you know, you've had all this pain, but you can't, you can't have too much joy. You can't have too yeah. much pleasure. I can't have too yeah. much... I would never do that to a person who I cared about. So I don't, I wouldn't do that to myself. I don't, I don't believe God's an enemy of joy. I think God gives joy in abundance. Mm. I'm, I'm interested in the work you do because I guess, I think it's in Ben Lindsay's book. He talks about um, the heavy coat, you know, doing the work that you do, the, the justice work, particularly when it's deeply personal around race Mm. around sexism around all those things but it can start to feel like a heavy coat and 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 i guess i wonder then it, for you is it is it a very deliberate conscious thing to sometimes have to take that coat off because you can never take off you can't take off the deep heart stuff 
because actually it's always stirring and also it's deeply personal for you mm. but but are you are you able to or have you found ways in which you're sometimes able to just go it's okay just to take to take that 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 sense yes. of heaviness or do you feel that heaviness i don't want to put that on you if you don't feel it do you feel that i mean i i do feel it mm. And I deliberately take it off. Mm. I deliberately, and this is why I think for me, joy is so important yes. and being deliberate about joy. Because yeah. like living in the world as a black woman, living in Britain as a black woman, mm. I grew up in a working class family. Mm. You know, now I guess I'm an academic, so I guess that makes me middle class. So I will find that a bit odd sometimes. But I, I know how life can be horrible. Yeah. I know what it's like to, yeah. be, to, be, to imagine that the world is not set up for your success. Yes. Um, but I do, but I've not lived in that limitation, mm. and I don't I don't fester in those feelings, and I don't spend all of my time talking about pain and mm. suffering and racism and sexism, and I actually don't like talking about those things. Mm. It's kind of like I have to address them to a certain point mm. for my own sake and for the life of people like me, mm. but it's not something that gives me joy, so I limit it. I don't say yes to everything. I don't say yes to every panel about racism. I say no more often than I say yes to those invitations because I know how much it takes from me to have to talk about that and also to talk about it knowing that it might be completely useless that I've talked about that and bore all those scars. So I don't do that to myself. You know, if somebody experienced any kind of abuse, we wouldn't ask them to keep talking about it. We wouldn't say, keep talking to us about the abuse that you experienced. But when it comes to questions of racism, we expect that all the time. When it comes to talking about sexism, we expect it all the time. We, we say, if you just bear your wounds a little bit more, then we'll get it and then we can. And I'm like, no, thank you. I'm, I'm aware. And also what helps me is being aware that I'm not the first one to be here. So I say, you know, people have been writing about this and bearing scars for decades. And and what and where are we on this? Like me now opening up my wounds again for you on this panel is not gonna do anything more than all the writing that's gone before me and all the panels and all of the podcasts that have gone before me. So I don't feel like I, I must be a martyr for the cause. I know that I'm here for a limited amount of time and I'm not gonna spend the majority of my time in anguish for anybody's sake. Because I'm aware, first of all, that this is not down to me. Yeah. As I said at the beginning, like it's not by me being eloquent that people's hearts are going to be changed. It's by God moving in them and yeah. them deciding to be different. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not anyone's saviour, so that gives me a lot of freedom. Yeah. <laughs> it gives me freedom to say no. There's some people who love talking on panels about racism and I'm like, you go for it. Mm. Some people have made a career out of being the race person. I'm like, you go for it. I will do limited amounts. Mm because it's important that we do speak when the, when the appetite mm. is there. Mm. But I'm not going to go beyond what I feel the grace of God is empowering me to do. And by that, I mean, I'm not going to do more than I feel um, called to do. I'm not going to do it out of obligation, yeah. out of fear yeah. of kind of saying no to people. I don't have that problem yeah. of saying no if I don't want to do something. I say yes to what I want to do yeah. and I say no to what I don't. Boundaries are very important. Hugely. I really want to talk about that thing about the cost of talking about some of these things because I think particularly in this last year and we're approaching a year uh, probably anniversary mm. of 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 the the murder of George Floyd and and that sense of um 
this new awakening. I call it, I want to say new awakening because I don't want to say awakening because like you say, these books have been being written for a very long time. Yes. <laughs> there have always been people saying, this is not okay. This didn't happen a year ago. But but in mm. this year, uh, I, one of the things I became really conscious of was the huge cost and burden being placed on people to have to come and tell their story as a way to help everyone else understand. Sharing that story, sharing that trauma is not free. You don't walk away from that having not cost you anything. And I think sometimes people yes. don't recognize that. You know, even the most reflected soul cannot open those things up without it having a cost. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, so I just think there's so much wisdom in what you're saying. And I think it just makes me wonder about how we recognize the humanity of black people in these conversations. Because I kind of think, you know, if I as, an, as, as a researcher, and I'm interested in lots of different things, if I was going to do something, for example on sexual abuse, it would never occur to me to, to put out a call and say, and just talk to people who'd experienced mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. The first thing I would do was say, where can I find out about this without traumatizing someone who suffered this? That would be my first point right. of call would be, what can I read? What can I listen to? And to learn about this topic, my first port of call wouldn't be to go to a person who's been victimized in that way and say, please tell me about that because I, I'm aware of their humanity. So I'm always asking, well, what is it about how we visualize black people yeah. that makes us think it's acceptable yeah. to keep saying, please tell us about how your life has yeah. been shaped by racism. Yeah. Tell us about the trauma your grandparents have suffered and all of that. I'm like, no, actually, I'm not going to give you my nan stories for this panel. Because if you want to know, you can Google it. Exactly. Buy a book, read a book. Like if your starting point is you haven't done some work, it's the wrong starting point. If your starting point is- That is literally my thing. Do some work, buy a book read it google it yeah like you, you talked about it, the, the disregarding of black humanity in exchange for kind of making people vessels for an issue i think is really mm. dangerous and um and it, and it isn't going to help people find joy because it, no. it, it, it limits it just limits and that will no. never bring joy no oh man i could talk to you about that all day as well honestly this is a nightmare <laughs> this is a nightmare uh I, I, honestly i i, I mean, i'm the worst person to host this podcast anyway because literally every time anyone says a sentence i've like i've got 400 follow-up questions and i need to know everything you've ever thought about it um, I, I i just think that's yeah i think i i think the thing that that comes across for me again so it's again just it's the same thing in all of these questions it often is when we do this podcast but again giving yourself permission to say no to that person is a really important inner voice. And, yes, and I think yes. there's a lot of people listening to this today who I hope will go, you know what, I'm, I'm going to say no to that thing. I'm going to, I'm not going to go and do that talk about that. And, th and that does include survivors of abuse. That does include all sorts of other uh, issues around justice that people have gone through. And, and, and like you say, it seems to be the only way we've ever figured out how to help is to get people to come and share their stories and, yeah and and i just think there's so much wisdom in that thank you thanks mm. and also thanks for doing this podcast now i know you're so picky my goodness i'd like to know how we made it through the filter <laughs> i am but i was quite when i read this i thought this is new and interesting and i oh, like good. new people and i like these kind of things so i was like i'll do oh, this well, I'm, I'm glad we made it through i'm very picky oh good yeah well, i've been very honored uh one more choice one more question uh now what's in the snack bag oh now i'm quite into healthy eating you know okay all right. And but I also like some snacks as okay. well. I think I'd like some Maltesers. I think Maltesers are good. Right. You need a good chocolatey sugar boost on a walk. Yeah, I'm not sure you get that from a Malteser, but all right. All right. I think I bring a banana because they're good. Jesus, <laughs> I mean, we, we're not. What are you saying? I, I mean, I'm not allowed to do a leaderboard, but just so you know, you wouldn't. 
So we've got Maltesers and a banana. Definitely, definitely Maltesers okay. and a banana. All right. And like, you know, probably like one of those healthy bars made of oats. You know, because oats are like slow energy release. Yeah. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> they can't see your face. <laughs> no, I know. Well, I mean, in the first few episodes, all we had were mint cake and blueberries. And it feels like we've gone back there. Oh, I'm not going to lie God. to you. Yeah, no. no, no. A good flapjack. A flapjack of an, oat, an oaty health bar with like, yeah. you know, healthy seeds. Good, fi- good for fibre. All right. Well, I'll share your earphones, but I might bring my own snack bag. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I might bring my own. <laughs> Um, no, it's the final question, Selena. Um, how do we mature in service? Mm. We persist past the place of comfort. Yeah. We persist. You just got to keep on going. And and I'm like, I, as I said, I'm a complex person because I began talking about how I don't like change, but also I kind of struggle with just kind of remaining in a thing. Mm. past because my brain's quite active mm. and my imagination's quite active and I'm quite a creative person mm. I'm like oh maybe I should go and do that do you know what I mean so I'm kind of like eager to kind of explore and experiment with new mm. things and I in in that is a kind of a risk of immaturity because you never just stick at something past the point of your immediate interest yeah so some of the best things in life require you to persist past the point of the kind of immediate like excitement of the thing that you're doing. If you're in a, a job and you really want to master it, you've got to stay in there longer than just, you know, a few months yeah. when the excitement was there. Yeah. You've got to persist. If you're in a relationship, you can't just end it when you stop feeling that immediate excitement. You've got yeah. to persist. Yeah. So maturity demands persistence, perseverance, yeah. past your immediate, you know, excitement about the thing that you're starting. Yeah. And I think that's where the maturity really comes. Yeah. Um, I think of that in my own life, you know, I've had to persist in my work, yeah. persist in writing yeah. and in, I've become mature as a writer because I've persisted and got lots of feedback and, and improved and grown. Yeah. Uh, so that, those, that's really important, persistence. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I'm, I'm thinking back now, I think this is the 20th recording we've done of these and I don't know that that's ever been an answer given and that's that's really interesting because often there's a lot of crossover with things that we then make you know we go into people's personal stories but I don't know if anyone's talked at length about just that sense of persistence being important and 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 I loved what you said you know because there's there's a couple of things at stake isn't there there's the excitement and the newness of this is new this is exciting I want to keep doing it that's brilliant and then there's also that sense of comfort because you can get over that and then well I like it here this works they know me mm. I, you know, I'm thinking about jobs they know me I know them do I really yes. want to go and do oh can I really but like yeah. you say it's that persistence isn't static is it exactly and I think you're right because it's like it's that sort of discernment of like but, and I guess for me because my instinct is to do something for a little while you know be good at it and then move on to the next exciting thing it's like persistence is like I have to one of my big things, I think the thing that God is often holding me in a place to teach me to just persevere mm. and become and be faithful in that thing. Mm. Even when I'm analysing it and thinking, maybe this is not as impactful as it could be. Sometimes that's not the thing you need to learn. Sometimes the thing you need to learn is to persist, to be faithful, to, to continue to, to serve, even when it doesn't make sense mm. or it might not be as exciting or flashy as you like. Um, but what I don't want that to mean is that we give over our agency to other people 
because that's where that can, can easily go mm. you know when people have you held in a position where you're not really flourishing mm. because it suits their interests mm-hmm. and say they just say just persevere and keep serving mm-hmm. if you've grown up in church you might have heard that before i've heard that a few times you know you're in a situation where that isn't actually helping you to flourish at all mm. and you're being forced to stay there or you're being mm. manipulated to stay in there that's mm. not what i'm talking about mm. i think where you within yourself and you're in your talking with God are able to see actually there's a reason why I need to be in here mm-hmm. serving in this way and you are able to choose to remain because you understand what God's doing in you as you stay there that's what I think is important and particularly coming out of this year we've had when mm. there could be a temptation to throw a whole bunch of stuff just up in the air and go well I'm not you know yes I, yes I, but and that brilliant distinction you made between sometimes our service actually is about helping someone else either keep you in a place or making life easier for them and that's the sort of thing we always need to be questioning but sometimes like you say it's that thing of it's not doing what i thought it was going to do hasn't quite hasn't quite made the impact i thought it might maybe i should just stop this maybe i'm in the wrong place um Mm. i remember i remember reading last year that so often we search for fruitfulness when actually if we started searching for jesus we would find fruitfulness there because jesus is always fruitful and there is this Mm. sense of like yeah that 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 going to god that saying i'm feeling like this is not it but knowing that in yes there there is the answer that is yeah just keep talking to god about it keep on being honest about it i mean god knows i'm brutally honest at all times (laughs) (laughs) this is one of the things my my parents taught me in my when i was learning how to pray they were like just tell god exactly how you feel because he knows it anyway yes and that's just kept me my whole life I don't yeah. beat around the bush with God. I'm, if yeah. I'm angry, I tell God I'm angry and I tell him exactly why, yeah. you know, and I, and I, if I'm frustrated about something, I'll talk to him about that and I'll talk God's ear off talking about that thing, yes. you know, and, and then, and then I'll come to that place because I've learned to not just kind of rant and then leave my prayer yes. to kind of sit there a while to give yeah. God a chance to speak back to you <laughs> after yeah. you've offloaded yes. for like, yeah. you know, 20 minutes. Yeah. And to, with the help of the scriptures, you yeah. know, begin to offer that to God and yeah. to have God guide me to a place of peace yeah. and to trust that where I end up over a course of weeks and months is exactly where I need to be yeah. because I'm continually bringing that to God and continually saying, yeah. I'm angry about this thing, you know, and I don't want to be here. Mm. And for God to say, I understand that you're angry, but I know what you're doing, although you don't understand that. So just carry on. Yeah. And I think one of the ways we mature, like you say, then is to is to have that openness, that honesty, that transparency. I'm angry. This is failing in my eyes. I don't know why you asked me to do this because I'm, you know, this doesn't feel like where I'm meant to be. And then I love the thing about just waiting. Just Mm. you've got a chance to come back. Right. Just. Yeah. 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 Yeah wonderful selena we are out of time i've really really enjoyed talking to you and and not only because of i mean it's been a laugh i've had great fun but also um i i just think the things you've said and the way you've shared i just think there's so much depth and wisdom and insight into what you've brought and all but what i love about it as well is that everything came with a sense of the tangible like you can try this you can tell yourself this and and i'd really encourage Mm. people off the back of this podcast to to go away and, and, and look at their inner voices in that sense. How do you talk to yourself? Yes. How do you help yourself move through this stuff? Because it strikes me that it's something that you're doing to brilliant effect in your own life. Because, uh, yeah, it's just been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much, Matt. It's been so fun. 
Well, another huge thank you to Selena. What an absolute pleasure that was to record that episode with her. Uh, just so much uh, wisdom and insight and wow, just a brilliant episode. I, I know I say it pretty much every time, but I really do mean it. Uh, I have to go and listen to them way more than once when I hear these shows because honestly, I, every time I listen, I just find something new and I have absolutely no doubt it's going to be exactly the same with that one. Thanks again, Selena. We really appreciate you joining us. That's it for this episode, but don't forget to share the podcast across your social media channels. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd love it if you could give the show a rating or write us a review. And you can also now access our brilliant sketch notes and small group questions that accompany each episode. Just search for the All Terrain Podcast or click the link in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next time with another guest who'll be facing the four choices, answering the four questions and sharing their wisdom learned along the way on the All Terrain Podcast.